The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. It's essentially we're just going to talk about you and your life, so you didn't even have to study for this. Yeah. Like hills and valleys, right? This is definitely a valley thanks to you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I think the saying is that you should never meet your idols. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, man. You know, just digging it in, twisting the knife. That really hurts. There's there's two people in my life that I was just like, I aspired to be like, to have a career like. Yeah. Bill Scott, one of them, and uh, Ryan Seacrest, the other. Mm. Wow. Well, the difference is about $100 million difference. <laughs> right. Holly, I, I say that usually you and I are, are the best of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can bring that party of three. Oh, maybe. If uh, Bill is is willing to to join us in the three yeah. amigos. The three amigos. We could be the three amigos, yes. We and then could. go get Mexican for lunch. <gasps> oh, yes. that'd be good because I'm really hungry. Bill Scott, my friend, how are you? I'm doing good. I remember early radio days for me, and uh, we would listen to Saturday nights. Gather around the radio. Yeah, Z Jam. What, what was it? Uh, coast to coast and around the globe. Isn't that how I used to open it up? Yes. Like yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And that yeah. included Canada, too. It did. Did I remember the promo? I always smile because the Saturday was pronounced very American. Yes, it was very American. Z Jam Saturday nights. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget it. That's the beauty of radio. There are it moments is. that people will never forget. That is awesome. Yeah, you know that was honestly out of everything I've done uh, in forty years in radio, the most fun and impactful show I did for a, a decade. I love. Uh, and love doing Z Jam. I don't talk to a lot of folks that remember it. I mean, it's been about 15 years since wow. the year, but every once in a while, somebody will will say something like, uh, it wasn't too long the other day, I heard from The Color, uh, oh, the yeah. band, right? Yeah. And they grew up listening to Z Jam. They wanted their radio guy to call me, and they were on a speakerphone. I'm thinking, I don't know why some band's calling me. I don't play music <laughs> anymore, and, and I don't even know who The Color is, and... Yeah. and uh, but they started talking about how they listened mm-hmm. uh, in Manitoba. Uh, yeah. I think on CHVN, if I remember this. Yeah. Statement, right? That's correct. And uh, so that really blessed me because you don't hear a lot. And then the other day I was in a coffee shop here in town. I live in Nashville. And I put in my order and I went and sat down. And the lady comes out and she goes, are you Bill Scott? I was like, yeah. She <laughs> goes, I listened to you as a kid doing Z Jam up in Indiana. And I'm like... How'd you know it was me? She goes, I just, I, I, I would know that voice anywhere. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool. I felt pretty old because she's not a young girl anymore. <laughs> I mean, she's not old, but I mean, she's like, well, she turned 40. Okay. So yeah. what does that make me? I won't, I won't tell you. But anyways, it's always a blessing to hear somebody that remembers uh, the years of Z Jam because we, we jammed pretty hard on Saturday night. Yeah, we sure did. It was a party. <laughs> yeah. Coast to coast. It makes me, <laughs> makes me feel young, which is good because now... I mean, we've we've all known each other for for so many years. Um, yeah. Before we dive into the whole radio thing, though, I think mm-hmm. the hardest question that I will ask you today will be, "Who are you, and where did you come from?" Boy, that's a that's a really good question. I think I'm just honestly, I think I'm just a good friend that loves radio, mm-hmm. uh, Christian radio. Um, I've never really had much of a desire to do any mainstream radio. Nothing wrong in doing that. I have friends that do. I just, that's not my heart. Yeah. So I think I'm just somebody who loves Christian radio and, uh, loves to be a good friend. Where did you grow up? You say you live in Nashville now. Was that always the place? Cause it seems like Nashville's the place that people move to, to be in 
music or radio? Yeah, I've been here for, I think, 26 years. But no, I grew up in northern Michigan, okay. uh, not far from the Canadian border. So I'm I'm like one-tenth Canadian. Nice. Uh, but yeah, little AM radio station. Uh, I think I was in 11th, yeah, I was 11th grade in high school uh, when I got hired. And uh, from the first day, I knew I wanted to be in radio. Yeah. The rest of my life. I remember telling my dad that. I said, this is what I'll do the rest of my life. And I don't know that he took it that seriously. I mean, you know how kids are when they're in 10th, 11th, 12th grade. They're all over the oh, map. Yeah. But not yeah. me. I always knew I would do radio in some form or fashion my entire life. And I have been blessed to have done that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always worked in radio uh, since that point in some some form, right? You know, now it's more of a consultant kind of a deal. Uh, but I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So that's where I came from and then sort of bounced around to a few different stations. Not a lot of stations, actually. Uh, yeah. Christian stations, probably, I think it was uh, one, two, three, three Christian radio stations I worked at. Uh, there were some really cutting edge stations back in the day. And then uh, I started Z Jam for a decade because I wanted to do, you know, it was funny when I first got into radio, uh, Casey Kasem, America yes. Top 40, he was my hero. <laughs> I could do Casey Kasem right now if I wanted to. I mean, it's, it, but I, I always, and I remember thinking one day I want to do a syndicated show, yeah. uh, but I wanted to do it via satellite. So it'd be live and, and interactive and. Wouldn't you know it? I got that opportunity to do it for a decade, and man, what that was just so stinking cool. I really felt like I was living the dream every Saturday night because we were on, I don't know, two, three hundred radio stations. I think it was 300 and some. Uh, and it was just so cool. And it was, you know, it was Canada, it was the US, Guatemala, and the UK uh, is where it aired. And I just, uh, you know, one, I thought it was cool radio wise, and then I thought it was really cool because it was impacting. Uh, students' lives mm -hmm. in a big way. So that was, yeah, that was awesome. So you remember the very first time that you were on air? <laughs> I do. I remember my first break. Uh, they put me in the studio and they were showing me how you, you know, would go from one record to the next. And that was pretty good. That was pretty, pretty techy. Not a big deal. Records. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was records. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm showing the age. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't even carts. It was records. It was records. And uh, and so I cue him up like a champ. And I remember the guy came in and he goes, you're going to have to read this uh, live commercial at some point on the radio. I was like, what? And uh, so I I opened it up. And uh, just for reference, uh, the, the name of the place was uh, uh, Haberdashery. Okay. Uh, that it, that if you if you look at it, it's spelled Habashery. And right. so I did a whole commercial on Harry's Habashery uh, <laughs> and thought I ac actually rocked it until I was told it was Habadashery uh -huh. and uh, uh -huh. I had mispronounced it. So, I, yeah, my first time mm. on the radio, I looked like an absolute fool. <laughs> do you, Holly, do you remember your first time? I do, actually. I did. It was a career investigation. So I had gone to the local Christian radio station with one of my friends from school and I would have been in grade 11. Yeah. And he, we just kind of job shadowed and he put us on air and had asked us some random question just about music. And why you guys want to be here? I'm like, cause we had to be <laughs> 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 like, it wasn't a very bright answer. I, I remember thinking, why didn't I say something more intellectual or more funny? But that was for me, that was it. I'm like, this guy just wakes up, goes to work, can wear sweats. 
uh, talks and listens to music for a living. Maybe I won't be a geologist or a lawyer. I'm just going to go into radio. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good gig if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. Plus, I was right. always in trouble for talking uh, yes. too much in school. So I thought, well, you know, if they're going to pay me, this is a good thing. Yeah, but then you get in front of all your, your, your program directors and that, and they're saying, listen, your breaks are too long. Be <laughs> yeah, quiet. That's true. They So then we're yeah. still told to be quiet. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I never really thought about that, but yeah. that, that was always an issue with my uh, my programmers. Like, yeah. you know, maybe just a little less is more. And I'm like, yes. no, that's not true. Kiss. Keep it simple. <laughs> Johnny, it what simple. about you? Silly. What about you? First time on, on air? I, did the, I filled in for the morning show with your former co-host, Bob. <laughs> That's right. See, yeah, I'm like, we're little grade 11ers, and, and Johnny's like, oh, I just rolled into the morning show spot. Yeah, it was one day, and I never got back for like another year and a bit. I started on the overnights, back yeah. when they actually had live people in the middle of the night. Yeah. Was that still in Michigan? Uh, that was in Florida. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, outside oh, wow. of Tampa. It was my first full-time Christian radio station, so I decided... If I was going to work all night, which it covered Tampa and Orlando, which were big markets, I figured people are awake, you know, third yeah. shifts. So I got permission to basically do a morning show in the middle of the night. That's awesome. Huh. And uh, it went really good. I remember I got a memo here somewhere. I saw it the other day in like a radio book and it, the uh, ratings went up 300% because, you know, they were programming to people that were sleeping, trying to get them to sleep and they'd lose one every time. And I said, well, no, I said, there's so many people awake. Yeah. And so I had a sports guy, a news guy. They would all record it, you know, the night before. But we made it sound like it was live and hmm. uh, and worked the phones. And it was just really cool. And I didn't realize it, but because it was it was 91.1 on the educational band, at midnight, all the colleges and not nonprofits and stuff would go off the air. Mm -hmm. And so it meant there was nobody on uh, anywhere near me on 91.1. So I covered the entire state of Florida mm. in the middle of the night from Georgia. I get calls from Georgia all the way down to Key West, wow. uh, which is about 10 hour drive difference. And so it was so cool to have the entire state of Florida uh, listening. I'd even get calls from uh, ships that were going south of the Keys in the Caribbean that were listening at times. So it was really cool. And a lot of truckers listened. Hmm. I was uh, I could have been a trucker, honorary trucker. Ten <laughs> four. I even did. I even did remotes in the middle of the night. My boss thought I was crazy. I said, "Hey, could I do a remote in the middle of the night?" He says, "For who?" I said, "There's people that listen. I'm going to promote that I'm going to be at this truck stop with donuts and coffee." Yeah. And he thought I was crazy. He gave me permission. We had people from all over the state coming in and lined up, and we packed out that truck stop. People crazy. that wanted to do a middle of the night. Uh, uh, remote. Probably not a lot of people have done that in their past, but hey, mm -hmm. I made the best of working all night long. That's what to do. You have to be creative and figure out ways of being able to reach your audience. Yeah, you just got to stay awake. Yeah, that too. Lots of caffeine. <laughs> Lots of caffeine. I actually fell asleep on the radio while talking. Oh, oh. 3.30 in the morning, we were supposed to do a five-minute prayer time. <laughs> well, you know, well, there I, had you go. Really, I had beautiful music in the background, and I'm praying <laughs> and I just stopped. My friend was listening. He goes, you know, dear Lord, be with this and that. And he says, you just stop talking. I'm just hearing this music for like three minutes. I went, oh, my God. He <laughs> fell asleep on the radio. <laughs> and I did. I was out cold just with my head leaned up against the mic listening to this incredible music. And then wow. uh, 
Unfortunately, I started to talk in my sleep, and it woke me up. Good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The prayer so. suddenly went off the rails. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, then the ratings went down 350%. <laughs> so if your dream was to do radio, you tell your dad that your dream is to do radio. What was his reaction to the fact that, okay, you're actually fulfilling this dream of yours, and you're living out what you wanted to do in grade 11? Yeah, no, he, he was always uh, my biggest fan for doing that. He's the one that got me the job. I don't think he knew it would be a career when he first got it, uh, but I loved it. I, I went to uh, to college uh, as soon as I got out of high school, and uh, I failed broadcasting uh, at a rather uh, – yeah, I got all Fs. I don't. I didn't pass any class in broadcasting because uh, really? it was boring. Yeah. I was like, no, I want to be on the radio, man. I've been on the radio. Don't don't get me reading these books. This is mm-hmm. all. And I just thought you you people have no clue what you're doing. I mean, I don't care. Whatever <laughs> year they invented the radio, I don't care, man. Just give me a tune and let's have some fun. Yeah. And so my first year of college was really good. I had a point zero one uh, grade average. Wow, good for you. Yeah, I flunked phys ed, too. uh, How about lunch? uh, No, I I did lunch. Okay, good. Uh, So dad was not real proud of me at the end of year one, and we both decided that maybe I should pursue radio without college, and the college thought the same thing. I didn't (laughs) need to come back. We all were pretty much on the same page. Move forward and do not return. Yeah. And and the rest was history. I just Mm -hmm. love doing radio since then, and it's been a blast. Uh, why Christian radio, though? I mean, we know the big bucks yeah, is in the know, mainstream entertainment side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in northern Michigan. We had no Christian radio stations at all. Uh, I, I think sometimes some of the, the mainstream on Sunday morning would play a church service or something. Uh, but I, I started hearing a little bit of contemporary mu- Christian music. My mom and dad got me an Amy Grant album and a B.J. Thomas album. And I thought... Mm. I, I had no idea that there was anything like contemporary Christian music. And we I was only allowed to listen to some of Amy Grant's songs. Mom put nail polish on the, the rocker ones. <laughs> and so the needle wouldn't go through that track. True story. And which well, really made it tough for tracking an album when you had nail polish and cuts one, three, and six. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but I thought, I would love to do this because, I don't know, I just fell in love with Christian music that was contemporary. And I just and I was working at a top forty station. I worked at a few of them, and it was fine. But I just felt like it would encourage people, and I love the music. And I just I I don't know why I had never heard a full time Christian radio station that I thought was good, uh, but I had a passion. I thought there's got to be a way you can have a Christian station sound as good as a mainstream station. Yeah. And I didn't know if that existed anywhere because that would have been back in uh, 82. Mm. And in 83, I got hired at a station. It was WCIE in, in Florida, and it was the number one Christian station. I didn't know even in the country. Wow. And uh, it was amazing. I remember walking in state-of-the-art studios. I'd never seen studios like this at any station. And they were playing contemporary music, giving away a cruise on the air. It sounded as good as any station in Tampa, in Orlando, and I thought, whoa, and I got hired, and that was the beginning of, you know, really living out what I thought Christian radio should sound like, and I, I've been watching the some of the trades, and I've seen even over the last six months, they're the number one station in Tampa. Mm-hmm. They beat everybody, and I just it just sort of makes me smile. I mean, it's been, you know, three decades since I've worked there, but even back then, that was our prayer, that one day, 
Christian radio could be number one in the market. And you're seeing this at a lot of uh, a lot of different markets where Christian radio is number one, number three. I mean, it's it's doing very well. So that was always my passion, and I I've been able to live in it. Was was faith always a big part of your life? I mean, if you're in Upper Michigan, there's really nothing else to do. Is it essentially, you know, music and church? Yeah, and it'd school. be music, church, or drink, and I chose oh. the music and church. I mean, really, that was the three things. There wasn't a whole lot going on. I lived in a town of 400. Uh, I was a pastor's kid. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and and so faith was always a big part of my life. And that's why I think when I just got to be a senior in high school, I knew that I wanted to do Christian radio. If it existed, that was good. I couldn't do the the, the real inspo or traditional. I mean, that stuff just killed me. Uh, but I thought, there's got to be something. Then, of course, you know, it wasn't long after that I heard, like, Petra and Larry Norman. and No. Yeah. Like, there was actually even rock. I had no idea there was Christian rock. And uh, my first uh, concert was the Imperials. And okay. oh, it was, and they were a big deal back in in the early '80s. Back in the day, and uh, it wasn't with Russ Taff; it was uh, Paul Smith. So it was right after the Russ Taff era. But they rocked it, and I'm like, mm -hmm. "Whoa, this is so cool that there's Christian rock." So that's what got me on to the whole. Hey, you know, we got to find Christian rock bands, and I, so I did a radio show at WCIE on Saturdays mm -hmm. uh, called uh, Living Water. wasn't the coolest name; sounded cool back then. Not so much today. <laughs> Uh, pretty dorkish, but it was a, it was like Z jam. It was really the, yeah. the beginning to Z jam. It was on like maybe six stations cause we happened to be on satellite. Uh, so six or seven stations, but we were already starting to do, uh, pretty much what you heard on Z jam, the beginning stages of it anyways. And, uh, and then I worked at, uh, the joy of him in Florida. I, I didn't do any rock shows there, but then I went to way FM. In Florida, and back then, Way FM was doing real top 40 CHR, and so that's why I went there, because I got to play all that music every day, mm -hmm. uh, and then shortly after that, started Z Jam, where I knew we would just really just jam and have a great time, and I, I just love all that music, and, and I love the people that did the bands. I, the other day, I was at a coffee shop here in, in my town, and... Um, I think the guy's name Sam from Bleach. You guys remember the band Bleach? Yes. Definitely. Okay. Yes. Comes walking up. He goes, Bill Scott. And I'm like, <laughs> it took me a while to realize who he was because I sure. hadn't seen him in years. And uh, and then another guy, I don't know if you know this band. I don't even know who the guy was, but he was uh, the lead singer from the band called The Wedding. Do you guys remember The Wedding? It was I a smaller. Do. It's yeah. very fuzzy, but it sounds Wasn't their fair. album Polarity? I think so. And he yeah. came up right behind Sam going, word. oh, Bill. And I'm like, wow, it's like a Z Jam reunion at, at Starbucks. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> but it's it's nice to, it was just, I loved the bands in that era, you know, with DC Talk and I don't know who else was uh, big back then, but it was it was really cool. And I was very passionate about it. You uh, clearly run into a lot of people in your in your town. I'm curious, yeah. uh, any embarrassing moments or just kind of funny moments that have happened oh. in passing? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. Uh, I was at a coffee shop and I didn't Again. realize uh, the lead singer for Jars of Clay. Is it Dan? Dan. Dan yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Dan is in front of me. I have no clue. And I hear Muzak. I hear Jars of Clay. You know, and and I I looked at my friend. I said, "One song, you got a career the rest of your life, huh?" 
<laughs> and Dan turns around. And I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. And I just sort of looked. I thought, man, I just slammed jars of clay bad. I felt really bad. And you, I, I've learned you, you're careful when you talk about an artist in this town. I had lunch yeah. with one guy, and I said, man, that album sucked. And he looked at me and goes, I produced that album. Huh. Suck in a good way. You know, it's just like, you know, there's no redeeming cool at that point. So I, I learned you just don't say anything yeah. unless you're certain who you're around. Because there's, there's always somebody close by. I was at an award show uh, at the Ryman's and, you know, I'm up in the nosebleed. And it was between the newsboys and somebody else. And uh, they were up for the song, I Believe, right? Uh -huh. And I started to boo because I wanted for King and Country to win. <laughs> The guy next to me wrote the song, I Believe. The only oh. way I know that is when they won, his little boy looked at him and he goes, my dad wrote that song. And I was like, boo, oh. yay. You know? I thought, okay, I got to stop, man. I, just, I was just being funny because I wanted for King and Country to win. But yeah, yeah you got to be real careful in Nashville when you're making fun of music or booing people that they're not sitting next to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... You have this this goal, the dream of, of something like a Z Jam. I, I mean, at, at its peak, like we said, we're, we're Holly and I would gather around the radio yeah. and we would pop the popcorn. Did you think that when you started it, because I was mid '90s, that it would yeah. have exploded to what it was? No, it was really weird. It was '96. Uh, yeah, '96 we started it. I I was like, wow, okay. Um, it's going to be interactive. I'm just writing notes and trying to <laughs> to figure it out. And I, I was thinking, okay, first of all, how do you pay for something like this? Because there's yeah. satellite cost. And, you know, I, I started a not-for-profit, but it was like, you know, it was really, truly a not-for-profit because nobody gave. I didn't have any donors. <laughs> and uh, and I, I remember I started it out for the price of a pizza. I was going to uh, ask stations to do like $10 a week. Uh, and nobody would do it. And I thought, okay, so, you know, the whole slogan was for a price of a pizza, you can reach kids in your area. Well, either people didn't like pizza or kids or both. I don't know. And so that wasn't working. And I was trying to get stations. And, you know, it was back back in 96, you know, you had landlines. Mm -hmm. And so you had long distance cost. Well, I'm racking up a pretty big phone bill. Mm. And uh, my wife goes, you know, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> I'm like, well, how am I going to let people know? She goes, if it's God's will, they'll sign up. Just pray. Yeah. I thought well, that was pretty lame. and uh, But I did start praying, and it was amazing. People started calling and going, hey, I'd like to air the show. And then it just, it, it, it really began to, to blow up. And I, But I knew I wanted it more than music uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, if you get a good platform, I wanted to make an impact any way we could. And so I thought we need to start a, a, the Z Jam Bible study. And we sent it out through email. Well, nobody had ever done a Bible study on email. And this is in 96. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was just putting everybody in the, the CC area. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't know, uh, you know, well, there was no MailChimp mm -hmm. back, in the back in the day. But we started sending out those Bible studies, which ended up being really huge. And then we started the Crisis Hotline, Teen Hope Line. Yeah, I remember that. And, and did that online. And that was really cool. Because, I mean, this would sound sort of a little bit religious, but it was like, I remember it in my office, I was on my computer, and I was not a techie guy, computer guy at all back in the day. And uh, I just felt like the Lord showed me a vision of an online 
hotline because I knew that's where kids were at. That was really, you know, the adults weren't there. It was more kids because mm-hmm. it was the new thing. And uh, and I called my brother and I, I didn't tell him. I felt like the Lord showed me this because he just he, he wouldn't have bought it. But I said, this is what I'm thinking of. And he told me exactly the software that would do it. It was very expensive. I think uh, Dell Computers used it for customer service, et cetera. And so I wrote the president uh, of that company a letter and said, look, uh, kids are dying. Your software will save them. I need it for free. If you can still sleep at night, sleep. If not, here's my telephone number. (laughs) It was that simple. I thought, hey, he's either going to like me or not. And he called me. He was a Jewish guy. I don't know where he lived. Huh. And he said, I can't sleep. He says, can you really do something with kids? I said, yes. And so he gave me all the software, set it up. And wow. uh, that's where Teen Hope Line got that's started. Awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't know it was going to be as big, but it, it really it really grew quickly. And it was awesome to see so many radio stations have a heart to reach uh, kids and young adults in their area. How did you know the time was up to move on from? You know, you just know when there's different seasons in your Mm -hmm. life. And and that was a hard season to really walk away from. Yeah. And and God made it very clear it was that time. And, you know, I've missed it uh, a lot. Oh. To, man, if I could do one more Z Jam show, it would be amazing. Mm. I just, oh, I love doing that. You know, I travel during the week, but I always look forward to getting home either Friday night or Saturday morning to get in those studios. And that was just like my happy spot for three hours every Saturday night. Mm. And uh, and it's just nice to, to to think back on it. And I don't, I think I've got some DAT tapes around here that got Z Jam on it, but I can't find my DAT you know, player. I apparently yeah. I threw it out or something. I don't know. Ninety nine percent of people it. don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah they probably don't know. It's just a it's a it's a it's a digital cassette recorder basically for mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. broadcasters. And so I have nothing to air it on, but I do have a box huh. of uh of these tapes of Z Gem that I would love to hear again one day. Wouldn't that be fun just to sort of would. to Some hear throwbacks. It. Yeah. 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 It would yeah, definitely exactly. be a throwback. That's for sure. You have this heart for raising money. You have this heart, you know, you have all these people coming in and for the price of a pizza, they, they, they bought into Z jam and, and there, and there's so much that you're able to do once the, the radio thing was over. Did you realize that there was something that you said, Hey, there's still an opportunity for me to help out not for profit organizations. Yeah, I had, um, all the, you know, the three major stations I worked for were not for profit. So I learned to just sort of fundraise. I didn't realize I had learned it, but I had. And I started working for a company back in, I think it was 93. I would just do some contract work and it was fundraising. And I, I, I thought, wow, okay, I can actually do this and it seems to work. And so I enjoyed it. And I just did it sort of on the side uh, over the years. But after uh, ZGEM was done, I thought, well, maybe I need to press into this because I felt like the Lord kept going, you need to do fundraising. I'm like, no, I really don't want to do fundraising. Uh, but I could tell that I had a gift for it. And I thought, okay, well, God's given me this gift. He knows better than I do where I need to go in, in the future. And so I started really pressing in and I was doing a lot, like maybe 30 fundraisers a year and you know most of those are a week at a time and i really liked it and then uh, about two and a half years ago i started my own company 
uh, to do it. And it's just been great. And I'm very happy doing it because, you know, I get a chance to get on the radio. So I love the radio. And I'd go nuts without it. So at least I get to do a little bit on the radio. Uh, and so, but I, I do like helping the not-for-profits and, and watching stations grow uh, and go to the next level. I mean, some of them have been real small stations and have grown, and some of them are, you know, major market stations, but it doesn't matter to me as long as they're empowered to reach people for Christ and have the finances to do that. It's really cool. So I feel like I've got my DNA and many different radio station and not-for-profits because I get to come alongside them. And I, I figured out the other day when I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night, I think I've been to at least 125 different radio stations wow. in, in North America and, and Central America too, I guess. Hmm. Um, but most of it North America. And I thought, that's pretty cool that I've had a, at least a little piece to play and over a hundred different radio stations. I, I think that's pretty cool. Did you ever think your mission would be in radio? Uh, no, I didn't. And but I'm so glad. I mean, and I was thinking about it the other day because I, I have some friends. They've spent ten, twenty years in radio, and and some shorter. But you know, I've spent my entire career. It's been, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's been forty forty one years. Hmm. I've had a chance to work in radio, and I I pray that. I'll get a chance to do that until I retire one day. Uh, but what a, I mean, to me, that's that's a pretty big gift that to is. spend your entire life in something that you are so passionate about because not everybody gets the opportunity to do that. And so I'm very grateful. I've had 41 years. I can't believe I'm saying 41 years. Uh, but, you know, and now next thing I want to do, I want to do a podcast. And uh, I just need to make time it. for it because it's a yeah. form of broadcasting and yeah. i have no idea what it would be i don't know i might go by dr love and give advice <laughs> for dating i don't know uh probably wouldn't go over well oh, dear. <laughs> um, i don't know I, I i don't know what it would be but i think it's such a great outreach yeah and uh it's it's you know it's a it's a form of broadcasting and i just mm-hmm. so i love that and so at some point I'm going to do a podcast and watch out. It's going to take over the world. I mean, it's a completely different medium in in the sense because you get to spend more time. Yeah. You know, Holly and I are what, 250 plus episodes over five years of doing this. Wow. Yeah. But the the heart behind it is actually is our next question because we've been, we did the morning show together for 11 years. Uh, Holly and I, we've known each other for what, 20? Yeah. About that. Wow. And, And, yeah. We found that there were people who were struggling, you know, in the hills and valleys of life. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, Holly, this, this is part of the reason why we we do this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Because when people are struggling, they always need encouragement. We can't struggle alone. Uh, often we try. We need God. We also need, you know, people to walk with us. And so everyone goes through why me moments. And for you, Bill, you know, looking back over your life, has there been a why me moment that you've experienced that you were able to uh, you know, walk your way out of slowly but surely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, unfortunately, there's been a couple of them, uh, but I think everybody has them. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody gets out of this life without some scars. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's how you respond to them that makes all the difference in the world, right? And you know, I can remember it was a, I guess it was about nine years ago. My mom had cancer. And at the end of her cancer, you know, when she passed away, literally a week later, my brother knocks on my door. He's got stage four cancer. In the middle of that, another family member 
calls. They got stage four. So I'm doing like, I did like three mm. different hospice and funerals in, in 10 months. And it was just, it was really uh, just mind-blowing and exhausting uh, to go through that. And, you know, it's like a good majority of my family just gone in 10 months. Yeah. And so those are, those are tough times, but I think you have to decide, you know, um, do you believe that God is in control or not and allow him to rebuild your life to a new normal? It's never going to be the same, but it can be just as good, but different. Uh, and it takes time. I mean, during those times you have choices, are you going to go off the rail? Are you going to drink? You self-medicate and whatever that may look like. Everybody's different. Uh, or are you really going to press into God and just walk it out one day at a time? And yeah, there's times you're like, why me? Um, and you know, everybody has, that's not a bad question. Uh, but the why you is just simply because we live in a broken world, pain, death, hurt. And I think one of my favorite verses during uh, that time and a few others is Psalm, I think it's 5117, heart-shattered lives ready for love don't for a moment escape God's notice. So mm -hmm. even when you're in the valley and your heart is broken, because I remember I had somebody ask me how my heart was, and I said, I don't have one. It's mm -hmm. just gone. It's shattered. And then I read that verse, and I thought, wow, and it doesn't escape God's notice and that he loves me. And so that just told me that God was crazy about me. And I've learned over time, God begins to heal. He begins to rebuild. And your life is just as good. Uh, might be different, but it's just as good. And, and sometimes even better once you get out of the valleys. Uh, I think it's when you're in the valley, though, you've got to surround yourself with good people uh, and not just trust yourself. Yeah. Um, you walk alone, you die alone. Mm -hmm. And that's why community is so important. And I think it's good, uh, you know, like you, Holly, having some ladies around you that uh, are true uh, yeah. inner circle friends, right, that you can trust. And same thing with me. I've had some guys that are walking with me. And it's just good to know that they can tell you, you know, you're not processing correctly. Don't do that or do yeah. this or, hey, can I just come sit with you for a little while? It makes all the difference in the world on how you are able to uh, go through the valley and then back out of it. Yeah. Because I think some people get stuck and they never come out of that valley. They just don't have good people walking with them and reminding them that God's crazy about them and, and will perform a miracle in their life and heal them. So very true. It's easy to forget that and those promises. Oh, very much so. Get stuck on the, oh, we've got the burdens, you know, like the first part of the verse, but there's always that, that second call God's promise to you. And, right. uh, yeah, we got to keep reading through the whole verse, not just that first part. His uh, podcast is in the near future. Yep. <laughs> 40, 41 years in radio, but he's not old, even though his first request on the radio was from Moses. Bill, brother, <laughs> we appreciate you taking some time and saying yes. You know, that really hurt. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That really hurt. I'm leaving this podcast wounded. I am a wounded man. I've now entered in a whole new valley. Be praying oh, no. for me. Thank you, But John. you're not going to walk alone. <laughs> well, I don't want to walk with you. You're the one that put me there. Oh. Holly, walk with me, all right? I've, I've got you. I I've got you. your back. All right, there we go. Yeah. I will say this mm -hmm. because I'm not afraid. Okay. It's fun when you hang out with your dad. <laughs> oh, my God. Terrible. You are terrible. He's not going to return your calls ever again. I have so much respect for Bill. Yeah. Like so much respect. 
Yeah. There and I and I'm not joking when I said that Ryan Seacrest or Bill Scott because they were both doing the top, you know, top 40, they were doing mm-hmm. syndicated shows and I was getting into radio saying that's what I want to do. Yeah, and I remember that. It was um Z Jam for me was that opportunity to listen to music styles that I loved but yeah. also be encouraged you know, as a youth and to know that there are song lyrics I could be singing along to that were uplifting and wholesome, but still at a a style that I loved. So it was, you know, such a huge part of my growing up. Try explaining to your kids that there was no internet. There was no Spotify. There was no, you were literally sitting around the radio waiting to hear a Z jam or whatever radio station you were listening to for your favorite songs. It's true. It was such a... I think a privilege uh, to be able to have access to such programs when it was truly the day and age where it was like, if you like this so-and-so mainstream artist, you'll like yeah. this Christian artist. It was just yeah. all so new and having people introduce us like Bill introduced us to a whole new genre, a whole new generation of Christian music was um, very, uh, very key, I think, in, in that time of life for us. If you look, I mean, we've, we've had uh, our, our good friend, John Raymer. We've mm-hmm. had JD, Scotty Fitzsimmons, a, yeah. a lot of our radio friends. And it, it was so good to have to have Bill on. And we just have a conversation about him and his life. Yeah, it was awesome. So again, big thank you to Bill. And if there was something that he said that encouraged or inspired you, I want to encourage you to share it with somebody else. Uh, you can always download, rate, review, subscribe to Why Me Project. And we just love hearing from you guys. So please reach out. Yeah. <laughs>